Mother's Day is almost here, and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried-and-true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. And right now, you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. Why is AEW successful? Why is Tony Khan running his promotion better than Vince McMahon and Bruce Pritchard are running Monday night and Friday night? Long-term booking. What is going on, guys? Thank you so very much for joining me right here on Off The Script. This is your NXT Heat Wave 2022 post-show for August 16th, 2022. I am JD from New York, as always, coming to you from the OTS Beer Garden. Thank you guys so very much for joining me on your Tuesday evenings, wherever you may be. Yes, you fucking geeks in the chat. I know the intro is outdated, okay? I know it's outdated. Dustin, who did my intro, my boy Relic on Twitter, he's going through a family problem right now, okay? His dad isn't doing all that great right now. I tweeted it out about a GoFundMe page. Check my Twitter and hit him up and send him some thoughts Some prayers and some love. The intro is getting changed. If anybody mentions the fucking intro again, I'm kicking you the fuck out of here. Okay? Because I'm really under the weather. I shouldn't even fucking be here right now. Don't know what the fuck I got. I feel fine, but I got a fucking fever. I woke up with a fever today, and I woke up slightly with some vertigo. Don't know what the fuck happened. I don't know. Nauseous all day. You're lucky I'm even here. So if you mention something about the fucking intro, get the fuck out. Otis, get him the fuck out of here, okay? Get him the fuck out. Simple as that. Anyway, now that I got that out of my system, let's have a pleasant stream, okay? Jesse, where are you, bro? I know you watched this show tonight, man. You were texting me about Mandy Rose's booty, me, bro. I know, I know you were watching. Where the fuck are you, bro? It's geek. It's crying in the corner about his fucking tacos. NXT. NXT tonight, Heat Wave 2022. Really wasn't looking forward to this show tonight simply because of the entire feeling around the NXT 2.0 show. The card on paper looked great. The card on, on paper looked great. We got three title matches tonight. We got Braun Breaker against J.D. McDonough, the fake J.D., the Irish ace, I'm the New York ace. Bro, I'm JD first before anybody. Get in the back of the line, all right? I don't know who the fuck this guy thinks he is, but uh, JD McDonough and Braun Breaker for the NXT Championship. Mandy Rose, she defended the title against Zoe Stark tonight in what I thought was probably the most surprising outcome of the evening. Zoe Stark is not the NXT Women's Champion like I thought she would be. But I guess that's the great thing about pro wrestling, man. It's unpredictable, and we don't know 
Well, it's going to happen from a week-to-week basis. I thought everybody was so high on Zoe Stark, and here she is losing. Now, the ending was a little suspect. I mean, the ending was a little ridiculous. Let's, let's, don't, you know, let's not beat around the bush. But the ending saw Mandy Rose legitimately use a fucking illegal object and right in front of the referee's eyes, not a fucking single thing was done. So maybe we get that match that we got tonight kind of all over again. We do a a, a part two of Zoe Stark and Mandy Rose. But Mandy Rose tonight walked out, still the NXT Women's Champion. Braun Breaker walked out the NXT World Champion. So nothing there changing at the top of those two respective divisions. And we got Carmelo Hayes and Giovanni Vinci, which I thought was probably the best match of the night, obviously, just seeing both guys and who they are. Giovanni Vinci is fucking incredible. And we got Carmelo Hayes. He is really on the cusp of being the next on this brand to get called up to the main roster. It's not his time yet, as he did retain the NXT North American Championship. And I do think with that, match tonight and what we saw we will get a rematch because there was a lot of uh there was a lot of fuckery in that match a lot of trick williams in that match a lot of just nonsense which i hope it does lead to a second match because i think along with santos escobar i think carmelo hayes is probably primed and ready for a main roster call up and i've been predicting that Carmelo Hayes, when the next draft happens, whenever that may be on the main roster, that Carmelo Hayes will be on the main roster via the draft this year. And Santos Escobar may already be on his way. He was in a match tonight against Tony D'Angelo. And this was basically a street fight with a partial loser leaves NXT stipulation. So a loser leaves town match. And if Tony D'Angelo won, then Tony D'Angelo is the one that banishes Santos Escobar from NXT once and for all. And if Santos Escobar wins tonight, which he didn't, he would have been able to free Legato from the D'Angelo family, the D'Angelo faction. So that is not going to happen, and Santos Escobar is packing his bags and more than likely will be a part of uh, the new Triple H administration on either Monday or Friday night. And then we got Cora Jade versus Roxanne Perez. Ridiculous ending to that match. It really made Roxanne look like a blithering fool. So we will go over that as well. But the big story tonight, the big story tonight was NXT UK. There was a lot of NXT UK feel on this show. There was Tyler Bate on this show. Blair Davenport was on this show. Gallus was on this show. I don't know what they have going on, but it may be one of two things. It may be a Worlds Collide, which was the go-home statement by the NXT commentary team. And Vic Joseph, Vic Joseph and his, that's all he does on commentary. That's it. That's all of Vic Joseph's commentary. Like he's busting a load on commentary. It's Vic Joseph. Wade Barrett is great. Vic Joseph, man, Jesus fucking Christ. Not my cup of tea, folks. Not my cup of tea is Vic Joseph. Um, He mentioned something about Worlds Collide tonight, and it may be that. And now, I don't know if it's going to be an NXT show. I don't know if it's going to be a pay-per-view or premium live event for NXT, and they do it then. This wouldn't be the first time that 
NXT did a Worlds Collide. They did this a couple of years back, well, actually several years back, and it was actually during a WrestleMania weekend, but I don't really know what to think of it. And the only thing I could really find, because I don't really follow NXT UK, I don't watch NXT UK, I'm obviously in the know about Tyler Bate and Trent Seven and Gallus and, and guys like that, but there was this story not even five days ago That NXT UK backstage, there's a lot of uneasiness and a lot of confusion about what's going on with the brand. So I did some some digging around after the show was over, before I went live, and this is what I found. So WWE is going to the UK, obviously, in three weeks for Clash of the Castle, and they'll be in the United Kingdom in September, and that'll be on September 3rd. I will be live immediately after that show is over right here on Off the Script. Uh, Many have speculated that some stars from NXT UK may actually be a part of the show or in a pre-show capacity. We don't know, but that was the going rumor about NXT UK. They may be uh, there and be available for the NXT UK representation on the main roster. Now, that was just a rumor. But Dave Meltzer reported five days ago in the Wrestling Observer Newsletter that there currently is a lot of uneasiness backstage at NXT UK due to the recent set of tapings being canceled off of BT Sport. Now, BT Sport Studio is where NXT UK usually films their shows. And they've been in BT Sport Studio since the beginning of the pandemic because they were obviously not able to do anything in front of a live audience. So BT Sport Studio was given to them to house NXT UK and get television out every single week and tape every single month. Dave Melcher said this, BT Sports Studio was used for coverage for the Premier League, soccer, instead of NXT UK. He says this in that quote, there's a lot of uneasiness within NXT UK right now. The next two sets of television tapings were canceled on August 9th. The reason given was that BT Sports Studio where they tape, had to be used for football-slash-soccer coverage. But as you can imagine with the talent, how the reaction is backstage, given you could tape somewhere else, and shutting down tapings is never a good sign. Nobody really has been told anything. So it was reported then five days ago in The Observer that several NXT UK stars were going to be on their way to the States and premiere on NXT here in the States, which we saw tonight. Now, I, I don't know I don't know what is going to happen with the NXT UK brand. It was a thing that Triple H really had cemented as part of his NXT legacy and part of his administration when he was head of talent relations and head of creative for NXT. He was running both shows at the same time in the early, early, early stages of NXT UK. Triple H was running both shows. And then he gave it to Shawn Michaels. I do believe Shawn Michaels was running NXT UK and had taken that over from Triple H while Triple H managed and ran NXT here in the States at Full Sail University. So everything was kind of going the way that he wanted. He was legitimately building a team. Shawn Michaels was his right-hand man. He had his team. Shawn Michaels was developing his team over there. It was legitimately, you know, and I say this, that Triple H mentioned TakeOver, and 
created TakeOver and the events that we all love, the beloved TakeOver shows. This was, you know, really a play on words. This is exactly what he wanted to do. His vision was, I'm not only, I'm not only going to take over WWE and run everything my way and do it the way I want with my team, but Triple H wanted to open up performance centers in the United Kingdom, which he did. He wanted to open up performance centers in China and Japan and Mexico and India. He, he legitimately wanted a takeover of all the major independent professional wrestling markets. So when NXT UK got started, it was basically all of the greatest from that part of the globe working for Triple H. And they were able to work for NXT UK and continue to do independent dates over there as long as those independent promotions you know didn't have anything to do with wwe or outside wwe you know they had to be affiliated rather with wwe in some way shape or form you couldn't go and work any indies you know and uh unless you got approval from wwe or approval from triple h so as long as you were given the the okay to go and work indies it was probably a WWE-affiliated independent promotion. I know there were a couple that WWE were affiliated with over there. But that was the whole beginning stages of NXT UK. And then the pandemic hit, and it fucking ravaged. NXT, not only NXT in the States, but NXT UK, the pandemic, COVID-19, ravaged NXT. It was, it was so bad. Now, I didn't watch, I didn't watch a single show of NXT UK when the pandemic hit. I'm like, I can't do it. I could barely even get through Raw and SmackDown with no fans. And then WWE moved into the Thunderdome and NXT UK was still in front of no people. I couldn't watch it. I'm not going to torture myself watching professional wrestling in front of no fans. I could barely stand it here in the States. And then when the pandemic slowly started to die down, NXT UK seemingly didn't get the fucking memo. Now, I don't know what the restrictions were over in the United Kingdom, but they were still operating in front of barely any people. So NXT UK really, you know, the pandemic fucking killed the brand. The pandemic killed NXT. Not only did Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard put the final nail in the goddamn coffin, but COVID-19 did a lot of damage before Vince McMahon and Bruce Prichard came in and just completely destroyed it all once and for all. It sucked. The lifeblood of these shows were the fans. The UK fans are some of the greatest fucking fans on the face of the earth. This, this is one of the reasons why I can't wait for Clash of the Castle. One of the very reasons, probably the main reason I can't wait for Clash of the Castle is the fucking fans, the ambiance of the United Kingdom fans, man. They are going to be as loud as anybody you've ever heard. And that's what NXT UK did. The NXT UK tournaments and those NXT takeovers over there in UK, Blackpool, fucking tremendous shows. They rivaled everything Triple H was doing here in the States with TakeOver. Those were some can't-miss fucking shows. The Mustache Mountain guys versus Grizzled Young Veterans and the obviously mega main event that they had, the 45-minute classic that Tyler Bate and Walter had and Pete Dunne and Walter. It was crazy. It was absolutely crazy. Rhea Ripley got her start over there. Tony Storm Got her start over there. Mako Satamora is over there right now. She is incredible. Obviously, you had your Ginnies and you had your, uh, uh, who else was over there? There was a lot of women over there. A lot of great women over there. And it all fucking got killed because of the pandemic. And now this, 
This really is going to put a damper on everybody, and it's going to give everybody a sense of uneasiness. You know, when tapings are canceled two weeks in a row, you know, it could be looked at as, yeah, yeah, we'll be back, or, all right, what the fuck is going on? There's a lot of change in WWE, and that in itself is going to make people worry. Is the change coming to NXT UK in the way of, hey, we're going to get rid of this? WWE's not afraid to cut budget here and there. I don't know whose idea it may be, but if Nick Khan wants something, Triple H is going to have to do it. Triple H is not the boss, boss, boss. Nick Khan is the boss. Stephen McMahon is the boss. So if they want to cut budget and they want to shut shit down because it's not making them any money, why am I paying all these wrestlers for? Why don't we just absorb some of these wrestlers and put them on NXT and kind of use them to bring the NXT brand here back to some sense of what it used to be through that? Because if black and gold went dead, at least NXT UK was giving it some fucking light. It was keeping that black and gold essence alive. Maybe they're shutting the entire fucking thing down. I don't think that's the case. That's a lot of men and women out of a job. I don't want to see that. I think that would be a dark day. That would be the end of an era for NXT UK. But realistically, what is NXT UK to WWE in the grand scheme of things? It's nothing but a brand that is bleeding money. It's not making them anything. They don't tour. They put on television. They got a fucking crew over there. They got a set of television tapings and a studio for themselves. There's no takeovers. Who watches NXT UK? Nobody. So why do they keep it around? The best thing for them to do would probably be to absorb all that fucking talent, move some of the talent that's ready up to the main roster, bolster the main roster because of all the cries and the complaints that we've heard for months that the main roster is so fucking depleted right now and it could use an injection of life. You want to build for the future? There you go. There are a ton of people on this show that are ready for the main roster. So let's inject the main roster with some fucking youth and bolster that roster and get some added depth on Monday night and added depth on Friday night. And you replace all those people that you're about to call up with a group like Callis, with a Tyler Bate, with a Trent Seven, with a Blair Davenport. It's not that difficult of a concept. But I don't think it's closing down. I honestly do think, now if we get three, four, five, six weeks of cancellations because of fucking football slash soccer, then we got a fucking problem. But I don't think the brand is going to close up shop. But who knows what Nick Khan is thinking? Who knows? Their revenue continues to come in. I believe they made like $360 million in this last quarter alone. WrestleMania 39 is already on the verge of a sellout. These people are going to want to start to save even more money. They want everything to be even better now with Vince McMahon retired and his, his presence no longer being a hindering factor on anything. He's not the chairman of the board anymore. This is all Stephanie McMahon and Nick Khan's problem. Triple H is running these shows. Things need to be done in order to give the shareholders and the stockholders that sense of, all right, everything is good. I didn't think it was going to be this good without Vince there, but they're saving all this money. I'm making more money now than when Vince McMahon is there. Everything is right. Who knows? Money is a huge driving factor in everything and why decisions are made. Like I said, I don't want to see the brand close up, even though I don't really care for it, but there are a lot of great talent over there. Most of which you saw tonight. 
So what I do think is going on here is one of two things. One, they unify the titles and they do end up absorbing the brand, which I don't think is going to be the case. Or two, we get a Worlds Collide and this is going to be their next premium live event. In the interim, while BT Sports Studios gets whatever they get done or has to get done with football soccer coverage, it gives everybody a chance to come to the States, work this show, and then potentially when all of this is over, they could go back home and then resume their regularly scheduled programming with NXT UK. I don't know. What do you guys think of this? What do you guys think is the reason why NXT UK is such a big presence on tonight's show? So I found that to be quite interesting, man. I didn't really, I didn't really see this report earlier in the week, five days ago. This was five days ago reported by Meltzer. So that potentially could be the reason why we are getting NXT UK and their presence here on 2.0 on Tuesday night. As far as the overall show tonight, I thought it was a very good show. There really wasn't much of a surprise outside the NXT UK inclusions and the appearances tonight. No major title changes. I thought we'd, I, I thought we'd at least get one, maybe two. I was thinking Zoe Stark was a definite I was thinking Carmelo Hayes maybe drops the title to Giovanni Vinci. No title changes tonight. Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez and Tony D'Angelo versus Santos Escobar. We will talk about all that tonight on Off the Script. And I want to thank you guys very much for joining me on your Tuesday evenings, man. Like I said, I am under the weather. I felt nauseous all day. I had a sense of dizziness all day. I don't know what it is. I feel fine, but I have a slight fever. I have no sore throat. I'm not coughing. I'm not sniffling. I don't have COVID. I don't have monkeypox or whatever the fuck is going around right now. But I woke up with uh, a sense of dizziness, man. I, I looked it up online. Some some form of, of vertigo. Must have been the way that I slept and how I positioned my, my head on my pillow last night. I also didn't get to sleep until 3, 30, 4 o'clock in the morning, which is a terrible habit of mine. But I'm okay now. But I still have a slight fever, man. I feel, I feel hot. But I appreciate you guys joining me. Maybe it's stress. Maybe, maybe it is stress, Jen. I, you, know, you wouldn't be the only person that said that to me today. You would not be the uh, only person that told me that today. So uh, I appreciate you guys joining me tonight, man. So stick with me. We'll get through this the best that we can. I feel all right to do a full-fledged show tonight, and that's exactly what we'll do. Follow me on social media, at JD from NY206. That's Twitter and Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo as well. Social media is the place to be, man. We're on our way to 43,000 followers on Twitter. Also, hit that subscribe button down below, guys. We just hit 136,000 subscribers. Thank you so very much, man. This is the fastest that we've earned 1,000 ever. We went from 135 last week to 136 this week. I guess all that positivity is paying off, huh? So hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for notifications. Hit that thumbs up. We got almost 1,500 people in here on a Tuesday night, man. I need, normally it's 1,000 minimum. I'm going to need 750 likes minimum on tonight's live stream. 
Super chats are open. Get them on, and we'll hang out at the end of the show. I do have a very, very cold beverage right in front of me with a couple of aspirin, actually, too. Also, hit that join button, man. Become a channel member, VIP. VIP only chats on Sunday. You guys are going to get the new emotes in just a few weeks, man. New emotes coming for you guys. Five new emotes, two new badges on top of all the emotes and badges you got now. Great stuff is coming. We're once again going to be sponsored by DraftKings. DraftKings is going to be the official sponsor for Off the Script going into Clash at the Castle. We are going to be partnered with Pro Wrestling TV in the, in the next coming days. Awesome stuff there. Announcement to be made soon. And make sure you guys go check out all the other content on the channel, man. Plenty of it. Monday Night Raw. We got OTS 440 on Sunday. Extra yesterday. Go check it all out, man. It's all on the homepage right now if you missed any of the OTS content. NXT Heat Wave started off with Carmelo Hayes and Giovanni Vinci, who is one of my favorite acts in all of the brand. I think Giovanni Vinci is awesome. So Giovanni Vinci came out first. There's no I in team, but there is one in Indeed, and that's the hiring platform that you need to build yours. When you're hiring, you need Indeed. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites searching for candidates with the right skills, Indeed's a powerful hiring platform that can help you do it all. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it makes hiring all in one place so easy because Indeed does the hard work for you. They show you the candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your description immediately after you post so you can hire faster. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. Start hiring now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash sports. Offer good for a limited time. Claim your $75 credit now at Indeed.com slash sports. That's Indeed.com slash sports. And support the show by saying that you heard it on this podcast. Indeed.com slash sports. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And he does this entrance. If you guys don't know, Fabian Eichner is now Giovanni Vinci. Comes out doing this uh, this Italian stud rich man gimmick. And he's got the photography, you know, entrance. They snap photos of him. He poses in front of the camera and he's flexing his muscles. Really cool shit, man. Very, very creative entrance for Giovanni Vinci. On top of him being a fantastic professional wrestler, he is the total package. He really is. So we got him out first, and then Carmelo Hayes. Carmelo Hayes has this thing now where everybody that he's feuding with, he puts on a T-shirt and then burns the T-shirt. So he came out with Giovanni Vinci in fire on his T-shirt, and in front of him in the aisle where there was a burning trash can, and hopefully in there was the 24-7 title as well. He took the T-shirt off and burned Giovanni Vinci on the T-shirt. And then he walks to the ring, Ding, 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 and the match is underway. So they get going here right at the top. It gets fast and intense pretty quickly, and they both knock each other out right before commercial break. Trick Williams is on the outside doing his 
distraction. And this allows Hayes to take over during the commercial break. At one point, Vinci was executing a rolling fireman's carry slam. And then he transitioned into a springboard moonsault. Hayes at one point springboards backwards into a guillotine leg drop. Vinci is getting a ton of offense in here with a bunch of high spots, standing moonsault, and he does the springboard rope-to-rope moonsault. Absolutely fucking great is Giovanni Vinci. Vinci does a double springboard flying crossbody off the top rope to the floor into Hayes and Williams on the outside. He does another, like I said, springboard double moonsault from the ropes, rope-to-rope moonsault into the ring, goes for a cover. Williams interferes by putting Hayes' foot on the rope. This was really good. This was as quick and as as smooth as anything I've seen as far as outside interference taking the, the foot and putting it on the rope. He was so fucking quick, man. The transition between that and the referee counting and then turning around to see the foot, it all looked great. You guys got to watch it to see what I mean. It all looked really good. So Hayes is on the outside. He put... Carmelo's, uh, actually, no, um, Trick Williams on the outside. He puts Hayes' foot on the rope from the outside, breaking the count, and the referee stops the count after the moonsault. Hayes is turned inside out, not even a couple seconds later, with a short-arm clothesline by Vinci. Vinci goes for a powerbomb. Williams jumps into the ring to interfere again. This is where it really got ridiculous. Trick Williams gets physically gets into the ring to try and ruin this entire match here, cause a DQ. He jumps into the ring to interview. Vinci powerbombs Hayes onto Trick Williams, and Vinci gives Williams a powerbomb by himself. Vinci then goes to powerbomb Hayes for a second time, but Hayes counters him, and Hayes spikes Vinci with a Hurricane Karana. Hayes hooks the leg to score the one, two, three. And that was pretty much it. So there was a lot of fuckery at the end of this match, which I really did not at all appreciate. I honestly feel that the interferences and the constant interferences doesn't really make Carmelo Hayes look good. He does win his fair share of matches, but I mean, when he's got to get Trick Williams involved, uh, I only feel like it dumbs down how good of a performance he had for the evening. And I hate all the time that it's always the same shit. This was one of my biggest complaints when Zelina was managing Andrade every single time. It happened in NXT, and then they really overexposed it on the main roster. Every single time Andrade won a fucking match, it was always by Zelina's help. We get too comfortable with the heels needing to cheat to win. Now, it really makes me think they did what they did tonight for one reason and one reason only. I don't think that this is going to be the end. He's going to have to drop that title to somebody if he's going to eventually get the call up to the main roster. We got between now and maybe the middle of September, early October for a WWE draft. Maybe we get this match happening again based on the shit that happened here with Trick Williams. All of the interference leads to Giovanni Vinci getting another title shot at Carmelo Hayes, and then he eventually wins the North American Championship. That's the only thing I could really feasibly come up with here because the ending looked absolutely ridiculous with him getting in the ring and blatantly causing a DQ, which obviously blatantly took Giovanni Vinci out of the match, which blatantly gave Carmelo Hayes the victory. Hurricane Rana, one, two, three, Hayes wins. 
All thanks to Trick Williams. But it doesn't really make him look good in the end when he wants to brag, 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 brag. And I get he's a heel, but he's a different type of heel. He's somebody who brags because he's better than everybody. But if you're better than everybody, why do you need Trick Williams to always go to bat for you and win your battles? Especially against a guy like Giovanni Vinci. If you're that good, you should be able to beat somebody like that one-on-one with no outside interference. So I didn't really like the ending of the match. The match was fine. Probably the best thing on the show, in my honest opinion. But I think we need to lessen the outside interference. And I didn't like the ending of this match, which in turn hopes, or I hope anyway, that it gives us another championship match between these two. Because I'd really like to see it. And maybe we see it at that premium live event that is rumored to be happening for NXT in September. I don't know. Moving on. Vic Joseph. He moved us along with the show to a video of Toxic Attraction arriving in a Range Rover. And the three exited and approached Braun Breaker in the back. Braun Breaker, apparently, guys, um, I'm not sure if you are aware. Braun Breaker broke a lot of hearts out there in the IWC. Braun Breaker turned heel this week as Cora Jade revealed that they are an item. So how many people out there went to go buy Stop and Shop branded tissues two for four? A lot of crying in the IWC. A lot of geeks who think that Cora Jade would give them the time of day crying and complaining that she's dating Braun Breaker. Go find a fucking hobby. I'm happy for both of them. I thought Braun Breaker had the best match of his NXT run tonight against J.D. McDonough, which we'll talk about a little later. But they approached Braun Breaker in the back or outside. Mandy Rose says that he had an uphill battle, and he replied, well, you did as well. She said, they'll see who walks out with their respective title. I don't know what the fuck that was about or why we needed that, but I don't know. Maybe it's a little inside thing about Cora Jade and Mandy Rose. I don't know. We'll see what happens. We got a video. That was taped over the weekend about Julius Creed. It's one half of the tag team champions here, Julius and Brutus Creed. Julius is saying that he was going to address Diamond Mind and what he uncovered in this this video that he's been studying. He's going to address the culprit here tonight on the show. So they showed Diamond Mind approaching. Roderick Strong was leading Diamond Mind out to the ring. And behind him was the other Steveson brother and the Creeds. So they were there. So we go to Diamond Mine in the ring. And they're not with Ivy Nile. I don't know why. Some weeks she's a part of Diamond Mine. Some weeks she's not. I have no fucking clue. So Damon Kemp, the other Steveson, Gable Steveson's brother, Damon Kemp, He's standing there. He's the only person that did not take microphones in this in-ring promo. Julius is on the microphone. Not bad. Not bad of a promo. He's getting a little bit better. He was not good at all, but he is getting a little bit more comfortable on the microphone. Julius said less than a year ago, he and his brother got the opportunity of a lifetime to learn from one of the greatest champions in NXT history, Roderick Strong. He said they dedicated every fiber of their being to win the Dusty Classic, stitched up and doing cannonballs, all for Diamond Mine. 
He says it's been brought to his attention that someone has been trying to destroy Diamond Mine, and he wanted to call out that person right now. So he looked up the aisleway, and he was about to call somebody out from the back, and then he yells, Roderick Strong, turns around and looks at Roddy. He reacted very surprised. How could you blame me? Why are you pointing the finger of blame at me? I created Diamond Mine. He said he wanted to give them the guidance that he never had. Roderick Strong never had guidance. I find that very difficult to believe. The crowd chanted, they don't need you. They don't need you. And yes, these geeks at the Performance Center are normally cringe. But on this night, they are correct. NXT doesn't need Roderick Strong, and neither does Diamond Mine. You know who could use Roderick Strong? Paul Levesque on Friday Night SmackDown. Let's get it. So, he said he would run them out against the Usos. That's how much he believes in Diamond Mine. That's how much he believes in the Creeds. He wants to put them against the Usos every day of the week. Julius said, that's great. And the Usos can get it. But the Creeds are now. He says he wants to end this before Strong stabs him in the back. Brutus was asking, Julius, are you serious about this? Are you really going to go ahead and do this? Do you need any more time to really come to a better conclusion? And Julius says, uh, yeah, I am very serious. I am very serious. And then Brutus walks over to him and says, well, you know what? If that's the case, then I got you and I'm standing behind you. Julius said everything he does is calculated. Then showed when Strong hit Julius with a knee during their match with uh, with, uh, Tony D'Angelo and his family. They showed the video on the big screen. Julius accused Strong of being signaled by D'Angelo to set up the Creed brothers and give them a purposeful loss. So Strong pleaded his defense then said, since May, Julius has had something against him, and all of a sudden, they were backing Roddy in the corner. It looked like all three of them were about to just go to work on Roddy and beat the shit out of him. All of a sudden, from behind, Gallus, and this is Joe and Mark Coffey and Wolfgang. They all attacked Diamond Mine, and they did not attack Roddy. So at first, I thought, oh, shit. Roddy's going to end up joining Gallus, and these are his new boys. But then Gallus, they looked at Roddy, and they took him out, and they beat the shit out of Roddy as well, leaving Roddy and all of the rest of Diamond Mine in the ring laying in the middle of the ring. So, I don't know. I don't know. This was one of the groups that I heard was coming over permanently. I think Gallus is going to be over here permanently with the Creeds in this storyline. And I think they're going to be here in NXT UK, uh, from NXT UK on NXT 2.0 permanently. Wolfgang, Joe, and Mark Coffey. Really good-looking group. Really dominating group. They've run NXT dry over there in the UK. But I think it's going to be Julius Brutus and Damon Kemp. I don't think, I think Roddy's getting booted out of Diamond Mine. That's what it felt like to me. I think Roddy is getting booted out of Diamond Mine. I think Roddy, honestly, with all the rumors that you heard over the last several months, Roddy doesn't want to be there. Roddy either wants to be out. He's asked for his release, and they denied him. 
Triple H is now head of talent relations for all of WWE. This was probably on his list of things to do. He knows that Roddy wants out. He knows Roddy wants out. And he wants to go join his friends over in AEW and get the Undisputed Era back together again. All four of them on television. But Triple H is not going to allow that to happen. He loves all those guys, but he's not going to get up and willingly give all of Undisputed Era to Tony Khan. Not going to happen. Roderick Strong asked for his release several times, got denied. Now that Triple H has taken over talent relations and creative, my prediction is Roddy gets, li- gets named for the main roster. He's on the list of names getting ready to get called up to the main roster. So at the end of tonight's show, we could be looking at not only Santos Escobar, but we could be looking at Roderick Strong as well. There's no way that Julius Brutus and Damon Kemp are going to trust Roderick Strong after this. And I honestly think with all the stories about Roddy not wanting to be there, obviously he doesn't fit the mold of NXT UK anymore. It feels like he's wasting his time. He feels like he could be better off doing anything else. There's nowhere to grow from NXT UK for him. He's done everything down there. And he's worked dark matches before on the main roster. I feel like he's going to get called up to either Friday night, which I think he would probably be best on, and he would thrive there in a mid-card level with, you know, the Intercontinental Championship. Roddy's the type of guy, you know, you know a lot of people look at Roddy, oh, Roddy's old, or Roddy's boring, Roddy's vanilla. But the new vision of, of WWE, the new vision of Triple H, is getting the very best at their craft on his show to wrestle. And a lot of people, man, I got into arguments with people all all, all day today. Fucking Vince Russo tweeted something out ridiculous. And he says, I'm not really trying to be a smartass, but I can't really tell the difference between this Monday Night Raw, this vision of Monday Night Raw, compared to Vince McMahon's vision of Monday Night Raw. Now, I don't even know I don't even know if he's fucking serious when he says that. How could you look at this show the last three weeks and then look at this show when Vince McMahon was running it and not see the fucking difference? There is one major, major, major fucking difference. Yes, the show is formulaic. Yes, the show is still produced the same way. Yes, the show flows the same way. Nothing about that's going to change. Yes, it's still Monday Night Raw at three hours. But, bro, let me tell you, the fact that Vince McMahon gave you 11, and that may be stretching, and I'm using that as a fucking example, eight matches, nine matches on a Monday night that really didn't span more than three minutes, it flows a lot differently, majorly different, compared to what Triple H is doing when he has five matches, and you get matches out there that go 15 minutes, and it happens on multiple occasions. Austin Theory and Dolph Ziggler wrestled for 15 minutes. Io Shirai and Bianca Belair a couple weeks ago went 18 minutes. Bobby Lashley and Champa went 18 minutes last week. Bobby Lashley and AJ Styles last night went 22 minutes. The women's tag team match, the tournament match, went 11 minutes last night. What is there not to understand? What don't you get? The show... Is different. It feels different. It looks different. When you got five matches and you get 15 minutes of fucking wrestling per match instead of fucking nine matches and you get 90 seconds per match. 
You can't be that stupid. I don't know if these people say the shit that they say just to get an audience on their show or if they're really that fucking stupid. It's got to be fucking mental. He's clearly not paying attention. He's not watching the show the way that he should really be watching the show. He's an ex-WWE creative writer. What doesn't he get? How would he book it differently? Have scantily clad women out there showing their tits and ass? I mean, give me a fucking break. Would you not have any women's wrestling on the show? Would you send people out there and have two-minute matches every fuck? How are you going to get somebody over in two minutes? How are you going to tell a story in two minutes and then move on to the next two-minute match and then maybe you get one match that goes five minutes? It's not the way things should be done. It was a cancer. Roderick Strong. I don't want to deviate from the point that I was trying to make. You bring Roddy to the main roster. Roddy is the type of guy that is going to be put in a ring. And every single person that he is in the ring with looks better on the other end. That's how good Roderick Strong is. Roddy's not going to be brought to a main roster to win world championships or win championships. That's not the the main focal point of bringing Roddy to the main roster. Roddy adds depth. Roddy adds veteran presence. Roddy is going to be put in a ring to make all the young kids on that roster better. He's going to be put in the ring to make everybody look as good as ever. And Roddy is the type of guy with his knowledge and his background and how good he is that Triple H may end up giving him a job after he no longer wants to wrestle. That man did service for Paul Levesque. Paul Levesque is going to take care of him. Paul Levesque knows what he wants and what he's been asking for. Paul Levesque knows that all his guys were driven out of the company, and he was the last one, for whatever reason, that still remained. So just based on that alone, Paul Levesque is going to take good care of Roderick Strong, and that's why Roddy, I believe, is going to the main roster. But if you can't tell a difference in the the shows between now and then, I mean, maybe you shouldn't be doing this pro wrestling shit. How is an amateur, amateur podcast, a mock podcast, A fan-funded fucking podcast. I don't know anybody in the business. I don't do anything outside commentary for House of Glory, right? And who I know in House of Glory. I don't know anybody in AEW. I don't know anybody in WWE. I'm a fan-funded fucking podcast. A fan-driven podcast. I got a top 30 iTunes pro wrestling podcast in the United States. And I'm better at my job than these fucking hacks that were in and around the business for decades. I see it. I call it. I know it. And I let you guys know, how is that possible? How don't he grasp it, but I do? It's unreal. It's unreal. Moving on. Mackenzie Mitchell was in the back with Roxanne Perez. Perez says this is the most nervous she's ever been walking into a match as she's never really contemplated thinking. That she would stand across the ring from her best friend in Cora Jade. Cora Jade said she wanted this. So she's going to make her bed and she's going to reap what she sows. So Jade's music hits. She walks out. And we get this match. This grudge match happening between these two ladies. So they immediately rang the bell. Cora Jade makes her ring entrance. 
Roxanne Perez runs down the aisle, which was a nice little thing to see, right? This is a grudge match. She wants to get revenge on Cora Jade for doing the NXT tag team titles dirty. So they immediately rang the bell. Perez was ground and pound all over Cora Jade. She hit a tope that mostly missed on the outside, smashing Cora's back against the announce table. And Jade hit a couple of big forearms here, took control over Perez, hit a running uppercut to the back of Perez, laid up against the second rope, and she went for a cover and got a two count. Jade went for a suplex, not once but twice, but Perez fought out and hit a couple of uppercuts on her end, and then a back body drop on Cora Jade. Perez hit a running shotgun drop kick, and then ate a forearm. So Perez was able to send Jade to the outside after the forearm, and she was uh, nailed with a punch on a tope attempt. So Cora Jade tried her own tope, and she drilled Roxanne Perez with a punch right to the face. Jade hit a suplex on the outside. She took control. So Jade was in control here. She was landing some big strikes. Perez was down and weakened. Jade had Perez... In a submission hold, Perez fought back to her feet, and Jade forced her back down with this arm stretch, stretch, wrenching the arms and wrenching the back with the knee into the small of the back. Perez slipped out of it, hit a double kick, and then she went for a inside cradle for a two count. And then Roxanne Perez and Cora Jade traded pinning combinations back and forth. This led to a, uh, led to a bridge backslide spot that ended with forearms simultaneously and pump kicks from both women out on the floor. Perez is coming back again. Perez hit a side Russian leg sweep for a two count on Cora Jade, and then she hit what she calls the Page Turner for a two count. She went for Pop Rocks, but Jade countered and hit a big pump knee and a swinging face buster for two. Jade then reached for her kendo stick as the referee kind of looked at her and said, don't you even think about it. She looked for the kendo stick that she uh, has wrapped in black tape now because she's badass. And she wears uh, a black baseball cap backwards. She wears all black. She's got a black kendo stick. She's got piercings now. She's got no more skateboard. She's, uh, she's evil. She's basically becoming Darby Allen right before our very eyes, minus the skateboard. All we need is now Cora to wear face paint out to the right. So she looked for this kendo stick. Perez... Uh, is there. She finds the kendo stick. She gets it. Perez ducked the kendo stick shot and then kicked Jade and grabbed the weapon. Jade retreated into the corner and started begging for Roxanne not to hit her. So she's in the corner, and this was the dumbest fucking ending to this match that they could have possibly ever come up with. Perez is there. She's got the kendo stick now after Cora Jade swung and missed like the Mets did tonight. Swung and missed. And she misses. Roxanne picks up the kendo stick. Cora Jade is begging in the corner. No, 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 no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. A typical heel shit. So Roxanne's there. She's thinking about it. She's thinking about it. She's thinking about it. She gets all sad. And then she hand, she turns around. She hands the kendo stick to the referee. And then all of a sudden, Jade attacks, hits a DDT, Onto the kendo stick, gets the cover, one, two, three, and that is it. People asking online, why wasn't it a DQ? 
It's not a DQ because Perez is the one who placed it in the ring. Perez was the one who dropped it in the ring. Cora Jay did not actually use it purposely as a weapon. She just took advantage of Roxanne Perez and her dumb baby face syndrome. How to make a baby face look fucking idiotic. 101 with Bruce Pritchard. There you go. She looked ridiculous. How is anybody going to look at her and say, yeah, man, that was a great match. Match wasn't anything special. Cora Jade is maybe getting a smidgen better. A smidgen better. I've seen some people on, on Twitter. Oh, Cora Jade is well beyond her years. No, she's not. No, she's not. Roxanne is going to be on her way to being well beyond her years. Roxanne is very good. Roxanne's very good. She still has a long way to go, too. And she's so young. She's like 23 years old. Imagine what she's going to be like when she is five years from now. It's going to be great. It's going to be possibly the future of that company in that women's division. And she's attractive and she's got everything going for her. Cora Jade getting a smidgen better. I mean, she's not quite there yet. She's still green. I'll give her some credit for getting in there and continuing to learn. But there really isn't anything jumping off the page to me about Cora Jade. The heel turn, I'll tell you about Cora Jade, though. And I mentioned this a couple weeks back when she actually did the heel turn, which was fucking horrendous. But the promo work from Cora Jade as a heel is so much better than what she was doing as a babyface. So if there's one thing that she's got going for her, the presentation and the way she carries herself as a heel has been two thumbs up. No doubt about it. Now she's just got to get caught up on what she delivers and what she does in that ring. Otherwise, to me, I feel like if she is developing as slow as she is, there are going to be other people in that company that are going to bypass her one after the other. You don't want to fall so far behind and not be caught up because there are a lot of women in that company ready to take a spot from you. And she has a lot of potential. I don't want to tell you that she doesn't. She does. I just don't feel like she's there yet. We see a lot of her, and they're putting a lot on her. I just don't see that she's ready for a big, big-time role yet. Meanwhile, Roxanne hasn't been here all that long. Probably this year. When did she get here? February? This year. Roxanne is further along than Cora Jadis. And she just got here. Not good. So Cora Jade wins in 11 minutes with a DDT onto the kendo stick, and the heel gets the victory here. I, I honestly think Cora Jade needed the win more than Roxanne Perez. Roxanne's going to be fine. Cora Jade needed that victory more than Perez did. Von Wagner. Let me tell you something, man. I got a, I got a, uh, a confession to make here, man. Von Wagner. Von Wagner is growing on me, bro. I don't know what it is. I don't know what exactly it is, but Von Wagner is growing on me, man. The lotion in the basket. The lotion in the basket, Von Wagner. It may be no more, man. The VWO, the Von Wagner World Order. I don't know. I don't know what you guys are thinking about Von Wagner, man, but he's uh, carrying himself a lot better lately. He is. He's there with Mr. Stone. Said that Solo Sokoa had a so-called win over Von Wagner, but Sokoa is out for six weeks, and Wagner is still standing there, unfazed. Wagner said, changes in the air. More opportunities. More doors are open. 
He said the game has changed, but the rules remain the same. Anyone small and weak will not survive in his jungle. Lotion in the basket, Von Wagner. Yes, I do think he still looks like Buffalo Bill. That's just me. I don't know. I don't know. He's growing on me, though. He may be the one to take down Braun Breaker. I predicted this months ago. Von Wagner may be the one to take that title off of, Von, uh, off of Braun Breaker. He may be the new world champion when all is said and done. Moving on. After Roxanne and Cora, we got Mackenzie Mitchell was backstage with Josh Briggs, Brooks Jensen, the bargain basement smoking guns here, the great value Walmart brand smoking guns here, or APA, which I don't even want to put any bad name on APA. These guys are nowhere in the same vicinity as APA. Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen with Fallon Henley, they began talking about Pretty Deadly and their upcoming title match for the NXT UK Tag Team titles. Gallus, Gallus approached. And Mark and Wolfgang said those titles don't belong on them. They don't belong here. They belong in NXT UK. And then he touted how short their reign has been and their reign at over 430 days. Joe said, this is Joe Coffey, by the way, Joe Coffey said the Gallus boys will eventually end up on top. They made a challenge for next week, which was accepted. Sounds like an NXT UK championship match next week. I don't know. Who okays these matches? Who's booking these matches? Are they booking their, their own matches? Or is this Shawn Michaels running the show? Which one is it? Anybody still out there thinking Shawn Michaels runs NXT? <laughs> yeah, right, man. Yeah, right. I got a better chance of Nikita Lyons and Cora Jade with Roxanne Perez knocking on my door, man. And we're going to go out to dinner later tonight. Give me a fucking break. Shawn Michaels running NXT. <laughs> you guys are fucking comedians, man. You really are. You cracked me up. You cracked me up. They showed a video recap of Santos Escobar. Love Santos, man. And Tony D, my boy Tony D, bro. Listen, after tonight, man, he's going to go out for a nice glass of red wine, fucking nice plate of homemade cheese ravioli, huh? Nice dish of meatballs, side of garlic bread, your fucking salads, and your fucking uh, cheesecakes at the end of your day. He's going out for the Italian feast, man, really. Nice, nice cup of cappuccino at the end of the dinner, man. Some limoncello. This guy's fucking living life here, Tony D'Angelo. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. They showed a recap of the four-month saga between D'Angelo and Escobar. It all began with Escobar congratulating D'Angelo on becoming the Don of NXT after defeating Tommaso Ciampa. But then their meeting, which led to the boot on Escobar's SUV and then the fish on the windshield, then Legado del Fantasma kidnapped, a.k.a. murder, of A.J. Galante. Then they showed uh, Legado del Fantasma losing to the D'Angelo family, and they avoided showing two dimes, who eventually was dumped in the East River, and he was killed off NXT. He's swimming with the fishes now, a.k.a. the Nightmare Factory and QT Marshall. And it ended with last week's final meeting. So we got a nice video recap here of D'Angelo and Santos Escobar. 
So we got this street fight. It's an all-or-nothing street fight between D'Angelo and Santos Escobar. If Escobar wins, Legato is set free. If he loses, he's gone from NXT. This is where the logic gap kind of becomes a little bit bigger when you're looking at it. If Escobar wins, does he remain in NXT and Legato is free and they go about their business? Or does he win and Legato is free? Do they go to the main roster? Tony D'Angelo, what is he really losing here? He's losing Legato. He's losing members of his family that really aren't members of his family. What is that? What exactly is he losing here? Just by the looks of this rule, Escobar had everything to lose. He's no longer on NXT, and he doesn't have Legato. I don't know why he accepted this offer. Sounds like a bullshit offer to me. But if he did win, if he did win, theoretically, let's think about this. If he did win, what would happen to Santos Escobar? Does he stay on NXT? Does he move on to feud with somebody else? Or does he go to the main roster with Legato? I don't know. Maybe we come up with a storyline now about how Legato can get out and they join Escobar on the main roster. But this was a fun match. This was really fun. It went about 12 minutes, 13 minutes. And they used everything from, you know, the, the typical weapons in a street fight, chairs and brass knuckles, and they used the outside area with the steel steps. So Escobar strikes first by jumping D'Angelo before the bell, throwing a steel chair at him. Tony D did not have any time to react. He got blasted with a steel chair right at the word go. Escobar hurls the folding chair at D'Angelo. Bell rings, starts the match. Hurricanrana sends D'Angelo onto the chair. Escobar gets some near falls because he's just beating the shit out of D'Angelo in the middle of the ring. So this was basically all Escobar. All Escobar until we get to a commercial break. So Stacks, Stacks, you know, uh, Tony D's boy out there, Stacks, jumps off the apron into a senton on Legato, takes them all out. Don't know why he did that. He just figured he'd go into business for himself, I guess. Took out Legato, and Stax takes a clothesline on the floor as a receipt from Legato. So D'Angelo now targets Santos's uh, arm. That's the story of the match here. So how we get there, D'Angelo takes Escobar, smashes him with the trash can lid. D'Angelo's in control here. And he works over Escobar's arm. He puts Escobar's arm in between the ring and the steel steps, trapped, and he kicks the steel steps, and Escobar is selling the arm here. So now he's targeting the arm. Suplex Escobar on the outside on a bunch of folding chairs, which look like it sucked. D'Angelo continues to work over Escobar. D'Angelo begins to slap him around a little bit. You know, uh, hey, hey, how you doing over here? You know, slapping him around. And D'Angelo's taunting him. That obviously angers Escobar, answers back with some strikes of his own. Escobar now making a big babyface comeback. He starts to fly. He launches himself into a torpedo uh, through the ropes, like a torpedo, through the ropes with a tope suicida. Stax is on the outside. He went to find a crowbar, and that was taken away, but Legato found it first, and Stax is laid out with the crowbar. Escobar tried to get a pair of brass knucks, but the knucks got dropped on the mat. So now we got the steel crowbar in possession of Legato, and the brass knucks are in the ring. So Escobar goes to the outside to get the crowbar from Electra Lopez, who has the crowbar, Tony D'Angelo's crowbar. 
She takes a bump when D'Angelo tries to take the crowbar, and she goes backwards and hits the mat on the outside, or the steel ramp, rather, hard on the outside. Tony D's got the most hilarious reaction. Yeah, whatever. You know, you got my fucking crowbar. You know, you want to get involved in my business. It's exactly what's going to happen. Santos is out there. He's looking at Tony D. Tony D is looking at Santos. Tony D with a low blow on Santos on the outside after he blasted his woman on the outside. So this leads to a double down when they get back in the ring. So now we're about even. They're back in the ring. We're even. Crowbar is laying in the ring. We got the crowbar on one side, on Tony D's side, and we got the brass knucks on Santos' side. So now we got both weapons here, both guys' weapons of choice. They're looking at each other. They get up. They scramble. They scramble to get each weapon. Santos gets the brass knuckles, and Tony D'Angelo gets the crowbar. Tony D gets there first and blasts Santos in the head with the crowbar. He falls down like a sack of potatoes. And he makes the cover, one, two, three, and that was it. That was it. Tony D gets the victory with the crowbar shot over Santos's head. Loser leaves town, and Escobar now must leave NXT 2.0. Long time coming, folks. Long time coming. Yes, Hulagram, he blasted his woman on the outside, yes. Yes, I use my words very strategically, bro. Everything I say is with a purpose on this show, man. I know what I say. Santos and the main roster, man, this is a long time coming. This is a long time coming. This was the best decision for both guys. I love the fact that I mentioned this yesterday. I love the fact that Tony D wins this match, and now he's banished Pete Dunne, Tommaso Ciampa, and Santos Escobar, three guys that were black and gold. He's getting rid of black and gold so slowly but surely as Tony D'Angelo. I like that for him. I do. I think that's a great statistic for Tony D'Angelo. Who's going to be next? Who's he going to banish to the main roster next? Who's he going to banish from NXT next? You know? I love it. It just goes in line with his mafia gimmick. He's whacking people left and right. Get out of here. It's great. And it's great because... It builds his presence on NXT. I think he's great. He's one of those guys. He's one of the very few guys that I would love to see get a major play on the main rock. He's got, yes, the gimmick is a little stereotypical, but, you know, it warms my heart to see that because I'm Sicilian myself. So when I see that and I see that type of gimmick, you know, it's, it's relatable to me. And we're going to talk about relatable when I talk about J.D. McDonough. What is relatable about J.D. McDonough? Why, why am I, I going to get invested in somebody like J.D. McDonough? What is there to invest in? There's no emotional investment there. There's an emotional investment in Tony D'Angelo. He's got the gimmick. He plays it well. He's a very good professional wrestler. He's got the look. He's got the size. He's got the charisma. He's got the attitude. He's got the mic skills. He's on his way to being the total package. He really is. And I like that he's banishing and a.k.a. whacking... All these guys out of NXT. Santos, on the other hand, five weeks ago, we're talking about Santos getting buried on the main roster, if you got a call up. We don't even know if Santos was going to even get called up to the main roster. This guy was doomed. Santos is obviously talented. He's one of the best things that they got on that show. He's going to be one of the best things that they got on the main roster. Watch when Santos gets to the main roster. He is going to kill it 
I know it. There is money in Santos. There's money in Legato. I don't like him getting called up by himself. I do like Cruz del Toro. I do like Joaquin Watt. I do think that them together is the best. But Santos leading them. Santos can go and do singles. They could be tag team. They need tag teams. I don't know why we're not calling all three of them up. They may actually call all three of them up. I don't know. I don't know. Only time will tell. But Santos on the main roster is a long time coming. This guy is the recipient of the Triple H era. He is one of the main recipients, the main, you know, guys that is going to be fed very well in the Triple H administration. Five weeks, six weeks ago, we're not talking about this. Today, on August 16th, we're talking about Santos on the main roster and how excited we are for the main roster. And this, and Vince Russo wants to say, what's the difference? What's the difference with Vince McMahon not being there? This, this is the difference. If Santos gets called up to the main roster, he maybe gets two, three weeks tops, and then Vince gets bored. Vince banishes him to catering, and worst case scenario, he gets fired. There was a report that Vince wanted to bury Gunther, the intercontinental champion, after 4th of July, for whatever reason. I know the reason why. Thank God Vince is gone. Santos maybe gets two, three weeks tops. Same thing that Hit Row went through. They'd be fired. All three of them would be fired. Now he's going to the main roster, and now we're all happy about him going to the main roster, and Vince is not there. Change. So when people ask, when people ask, J.D., what's so different about Triple H running WWE? This. This. Get with the fucking program. Santos is not a Vince McMahon guy. Santos is not Braun Breaker. Santos is not Von Wagner. Santos would have died a thousand creative deaths on the main roster. Now that Triple H is there, Santos is going to be a major player on the main roster. That's the fucking difference. That is the difference between Vince and Triple H. We don't have to worry anymore. And I'm fucking excited to see him on the main roster. He is great. Great. 30 years, 38 years old, my ass. The ageism thing, gone. Vince would have fired him because he's old. Vince would have fired him because he's not a good promo. Vince would have fired him because he's too small. He did not stand a fucking chance. Did not stand a chance. If Karrion Cross wasn't a Vince guy, do you expect Santos Escobar to fucking survive on the main roster? I don't think so. This is a great move, right outcome, fun match. Both guys look great. Santos is going to the main, and Tony D is the Don of NXT. Indy Hartwell, she was backstage. And this was rather interesting here with Indy Hartwell. She was with Caden Carter and Katana Chance saying that she cried when they won the women's tag team titles. Hartwell was suddenly handed a letter with Dexter Loomis and Indy drawn on it. Index forever, it said on the note. So Dexter Loomis is stalking the main roster, stalking either The Miz or Champa or AJ Styles. Don't even have a job with the WWE right now. They won't even mention his name on the main roster. Meanwhile, he's sending love letters while he's stalking the main roster to Indy Hartwell. I don't know. 
She could be another recipient of the main roster. I don't know yet. So Blair Davenport, this is the former B. Priestley. This is uh, Will Ospreay's woman. Took the letter, tore it up, said she is the future of NXT's women's division and the future NXT women's champion. I don't know. I don't know what the fuck that means. What does that mean? Is she coming for the title in a one-off? Or is she coming to the ti- uh, coming for the title and being a mainstay in the women's division? I don't know. I have no idea what is going on. Yes, small. L. L in the chat. Yes, 6-1. Santos is 6-1. Vince would have deemed him small. Yes. If it, if it wasn't his height, he's too old. If it wasn't his height or his age, it's the fact he can't speak English the right way, and he speaks perfect English. He's a great fucking promo. Vince is senile. I'm so fucking happy Vince is gone. I don't know what this means with Blair Davenport, man. Is NXT UK really finished? I have no idea. Is she here for a one-off, or is she here permanently? I would think that this would be a natural progression. I always looked at NXT UK as a natural progression. She isn't the women's champion over in NXT UK. Mako Satamora is. Maybe she just graduated from NXT UK and now is making her way to NXT, and then she makes her way to the main roster. I have no idea. I have no idea what's going on. Moving on. They go to a Tiffany Stratton, Wendy Chu promo. Stratton said she's so over Chu, it's not even funny. Chu says she's tired of Stratton. She even looked tired. I look tired. I feel tired. I don't know how I'm still going. Chu said next week it's a lights out match. Stratton said she can do anything she wants to Chu in a lights out match. Now, I don't know uh, what they're doing with this lights out match. Uh, is it going to be uh, is it going to be on the level of Kenny Omega and John Moxley lights out? What are we doing here? What type of lights out match is NXT going to do? Does this mean it's unsanctioned? Is the arena going to be dark? I don't know what this means. No DQ. All I all I kind of read into it as is that it's going to be no DQ. Yes, Wendy Bluechu. Code JD at checkout. Bluetooth.com. I don't know, man. Tiffany Stratton, Wendy Chu. I'm over this feud. Tiffany Stratton's great, though. Not really a big fan of Wendy Chu. She's a great wrestler, though. She can obviously go. The gimmick is just not for me. But we'll see what happens, man. Tiffany Stratton more than likely is the recipient of a win here. That's my honest opinion. Mandy Rose. She's out there with Toxic Attraction versus NXT management favorite, Zoe Stark. This is for the NXT Women's Championship. This went 11 minutes, and I was expecting Zoe Stark to get the victory here, and that was not the case. That was not the case at all. This match was slow to start. Zoe obviously wanted Mandy, and Mandy was doing everything to really kind of gain the advantage over Zoe Stark here. The main thing here that Mandy focused on was the knee, the ACL injury of Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark's wearing these knee braces. So she blasted Zoe Stark on the outside on the announce table. She's laying out on the announce table. Mandy Rose takes her leg and just slams her 
against the announce desk on top of the announce desk. And that is really where Mandy Rose took advantage early on in this match. Working over the knee. Stark is obviously fighting back from the knee. And Mandy working on the knee. Stark continues to sell the leg as they continue to fight. Stark delivers a modified GTS finisher. But Rose rolls out of the ring with that veteran presence of hers. And Zoe got her finisher. But with Mandy rolling out of the ring, she could not make the cover. Stark goes for a wrecking ball dropkick. But her injured knee gets caught in the ropes. Rose kicks Stark's knee while Stark is trapped on the ropes. Rose then attempts to take Stark's knee brace off. Stark counters Rose to get some near falls back and forth, and then they start trading more near falls. Starks takes a jumping knee from Rose, which is her finishing move, and Zoe kicks out. So all of a sudden, Mandy Rose takes off Zoe Stark's knee brace. She puts the knee brace on her leg, and she does the jumping knee again, and that was it. With Stark's brace on her knee, Rose hits the jumping knee strike for a second time. Rose covers Stark for a one, two, three, and Rose retains the title. During this match, Toxic Attraction tried to get involved, and uh, thick Kida lions came out and shooed them away and chased Gigi and JC away from ringside. So this really was Mandy versus Zoe one-on-one. But the thing is, this was blatant. You know, if you physically, with intent, take off somebody's knee brace, which at that point becomes a fucking illegal weapon, and you put it on your knee, where's the referee to say, uh, honey, what are you doing? Where's the referee with the DQ? So we got two fucking idiotic finishes on this show tonight. We got one... With Roxanne, <laughs> she's about to incorporate it. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. She's got her back turned, and Cora J blasts her with fucking DDTs. Got her back turned to her opponent and loses the match. <laughs> I can't, I can't do it. I love you so much. I... And then we got. Mandy Rose physically taking the fucking knee brace off and using it as a fucking weapon. Where's the DQ? Maybe I don't know shit. I don't know. I don't know, man. Dumb babyface syndrome and referee incompetence. That's what NXT 2.0 is all about. Mandy Rose wins. I expected Zoe to win this match. I expected Mandy Rose and Toxic Attraction to get called up to the main roster. Not happening. Maybe Zoe Stark is getting called up to the main roster. Man, this was her one and done. There's got to be something to come out of this. Got to be something to come out. She cheated. She fucking cheated. Something's got to be done there. So maybe she wins in the rematch. And then goodbye, Mandy Rose. I don't know. Looked dumb. Looked ridiculous. Moving on. We got Quincy Elliott. Quincy Elliott vignette. He's wearing a t-shirt that said Bratz on it. I don't know where that's from. I don't know. 
He said he was bringing all of this, all of this to NXT. He looked to his left and he made kissy faces. He looked to his right, he made kissy faces. And he says he's seen people from all different walks of life. He said he's never struggled with being different because he works it and he is it. He then called himself the super diva. You know, I put online, might as well talk about this here. Listen, I have no No fucking clue who this guy is. I've seen clips of Quincy Elliott on Level Up. I have. Before anybody gets ahead of themselves here, all I put online was the super diva, dot, dot, dot. Yeah, that's a hard no from me. Hard no from me. Then I see people saying, and this is is what angers me. This This is what angers me, man. Oh, this is this is Patrick Clark. This is Velveteen Dream for the for the modern era or for NXT 2.0. If you are comparing, if you are comparing, I'm telling you this right now. Get Otis. Anybody that mentions Dream and this geek, this clown, Quincy Jones, in the same sentence, get him out. If you are one of these people that are comparing Velveteen Dream to Quincy Jones. You, are, you may be the dumbest fucking idiot walking the IWC. They are not even the same. Not even the same. Nowhere on the same planet as being the same. Dream was a megastar in the making. Dream was a WrestleMania main event in the making before he fucked everything. I'm more pissed at him than anything. I'm fucking pissed. At Velveteen Dream. Patrick Clark. What a dumbass. What a fucking idiot. Velveteen Dream had a lot of sexual overtones. Velveteen Dream had that coolness factor to him. Velveteen Dream had... He had everything that you would, that you would embody if you were a flamboyant character... He, he, he molded Goldust, and he molded Rick Rude, and he, he, he took all these, these great influences, and he just fused them together to make it his own. Influences from Prince, Goldust, Ravishing Rick Rude. He molded it all together, and he made it his own. How the fuck do you look at Quincy Jones and think Velveteen Dream? Do you know what I look like? Do you know what I look at when I see Quincy Jones? I look at somebody who looks like Minnie Mabel. I see somebody that looks like Minnie Viscera. This is what you want on NXT 2.0? Got fucking idiots. Oh, this this guy's going to be the next NXT champion. This guy's going to be a mega champion. The fuck are you talking about? This guy looks ridiculous. You're going to see him as a world champion on WWE television? All I see is Mabel 2.0. And Mabel Viscera was one of the worst wrestlers ever. That's what you see? Velveteen Dream? It's not what I see. It's not what I see at all. Give me a fucking break with this shit. 
If you want me to get invested in NXT and then you want to put somebody that looks like that, that looks like fucking viscera on my TV, you're not going to get me excited about anything. But people are always going to use the narrative of, oh, JD's a homophobe. JD doesn't like gay people. That's the narrative now. I'm sorry I want better for my professional wrestling. I'm sorry I don't want somebody like fucking Viscera on my TV. I'm sorry. You want to do that? Dream did it right, but Dream fucked himself up. Seriously. Give me a fucking break. You're going to drive people fucking crazy with this shit. Honestly. Give me a break. Is he a good wrestler? I don't know. Not from what I saw. All I see is somebody who's obviously overweight and looks like Mabel. Men on a mission. You fucking break with this shit. Big Daddy V. Moving on. Mitchell was in the back with Grayson Waller. He says she's been interviewing everybody but him. She said, well, yeah, pretty much. Waller said he just can't win with her and then called out Cruz, Apollo Cruz, as selfish. He said Cruz will stab anyone in the back and may come for Mitchell's job next. He has a better smile. She said, wow. He said, those were Cruz words. Then he said that he would have his own show next week with his first guest being the Apollo Cruz, uh, Apollo Cruz on the Grayson Waller Effect show. Yeah, but Shawn Michaels is running the show, right? Shawn Michaels is running NXT, yet we get more talk shows on NXT. Talk shows on NXT did not exist in the Triple H administration, but here we are. The Grayson Waller Effect show. Yeah, it's great. Now, yeah, but Shawn Michaels is running the show, right? Sure he is. J.D. McDonough. The Irish ace. The fake J.D. He made his way out. He got booed. He's wearing... This really nice white jacket with black accents. It's got J and then D on it. Look good. Look good. J.D. McDonough is a great professional wrestler. He is. He's very good. I don't know why I should care about him. Why should I care about J.D. McDonough? Why is this guy in a title match when he hasn't even done anything on the show to even warrant a title match? Where's the emotional investment in J.D. McDonough? Why should I care about J.D. McDonough? That's the question I'm asking tonight. There is no answer to that question. All I get is, man, he's a great pro wrestler. And I'm calling this shit out right now. I am calling this shit out right now. J.D. McDonough's got this, like this, I don't know what the fuck it is. He's got, like, elements of the Dexter character. You know, the TV show Dexter, he's got this, this, like, homicidal, you know, loves pain and loves inflicting pain on people. I want to find out. I want to find out, really. I may be completely off, but I hope, I, I hope I'm wrong. I want to find out if their influence with this J.D. McDonough character has anything to do with our boy in House of Glory, Charles Mason. He loves inflicting pain. He loves pain. He wants to see people suffer. There's something along those lines, you know? Feed the rich, kill the poor. It's basically what it is. I want to see them steal another gimmick from an independent professional wrestler and then play it off as their own. 
I hope I'm wrong. But J.D. McDonough is a great pro wrestler. I just don't know why there is any emotional investment in J.D. McDonough. I don't even know why he's in this match. This was basically a one-off just to get a main event on this show. Now, Braun Breaker, I thought this was probably the most solid Braun Breaker performance of his entire NXT title run. Both of them. He's got two reigns. This is the most solid NXT title match he's had thus far. And I mean that not because it's the best match he had, but he looked physically fucking good. He hit his spots. The chain wrestling looked great. The athleticism looked great. He didn't miss a spot. He's coming along. Braun Breaker could realistically be the ultimate package for WWE. He's not there yet, but he is nailing all his spots. He looks great. He's intimidating. You keep his promo short and sweet. You got a winner there. He looked on point tonight. So shout out to him. So the match went about 13 minutes. Very good for NXT 2.0 standards. Like I said, J.D. McDonough is a great pro wrestler. Braun Breaker wrestled a really great match. And he should because J.D. is as good as I say he is. And you know he is. So it should be a good match. So they did some chain wrestling early on. And Breaker lifts McDonough into a delayed vertical suplex. We got a little back and forth here chasing each other. Breaker catches McDonough. Standing moonsault by Breaker gets a two count. Breaker manhandles McDonough. He takes a lariat. He's on the receiving end of Breaker's offense. And he's dominating. And McDonough apparently pops his shoulder during the commercial break. Apparently he got, uh, I don't know if he really had a separated shoulder or whatever. Maybe he's just playing up the fact that he loves pain. After the clothesline, he goes to the outside during the commercial break, pops his shoulder back in. Then Joseph's back on commentary. Oh, this guy popped his shoulder back into its socket during the commercial break. Again, I don't know if that's the case, but maybe they're just selling that aspect because that's his character. He loves pain. He loves feeling pain. So McDonough cuts Breaker off. And McDonough is able to take control of this match. Breaker starts to make a comeback, and McDonough cuts him off again. McDonough targets Breaker's neck. He neck breakers him over the steel rod that connects the turnbuckle pad and the steel post. So he's targeting Breaker's neck. Breaker begins a comeback again. He explodes with some shoulder tackles, follows up with a Rick Steiner-esque power slam. Breaker posts himself when charging in the corner. McDonough, like I said, sidesteps him, neck breaker, cross face on breaker. Breaker reaches the ropes to break the hold. So we got a super Frankensteiner here from Braun. Off the top rope, gets a two and a half. That looked great. McDonough answers with a beautiful looking Spanish fly with his own top rope move. McDonough follows with a brain buster right after that. That looked beautiful. And Braun Breaker kicks out. So Spanish fly off the top, brain buster, Breaker kicks out. McDonough rolls through on a missed moonsault, Breaker spears him. Breaker measures and delivers a second spear. Breaker pulls down his straps, he's getting ready to finish it now. And McDonough is not done. He gets to his feet. He's got blood pouring from his mouth. And McDonough flashes this smile. He says, bring it. Breaker spears him and delivers another power slam. One, two, three, and that was it. 
McDonough loses, Braun Breaker retains the title, and Breaker is still the NXT World Champion. At the end of the match, immediately after the match was over, NXT UK Champion Tyler Bate comes out, he walks down the aisle, he gets into the ring, he looks at Breaker, he says some words to Breaker, he holds his belt up, Breaker holds his belt up, and then Vic Joseph says, do we have worlds colliding here in NXT? Which kind of signifies that we may be getting a Worlds Collide premium live event between NXT 2.0 and NXT UK. So I'm not really sure what's going on. Some of you seem to think that NXT UK is finished. I would not uh, argue with you on that point. Because we really don't know. Is NXT UK finished? Is NXT 2.0 absorbing the talent in their, their, on Tuesday night? Are they absorbing all the NXT UK talent on Tuesday night? I don't know. Or is this just a one-off show and they'll be back to business next month? And we get Worlds Collide and a premium live event out of it in September. Maybe they'll do premium. Maybe they'll do the Worlds Collide that weekend. Maybe they'll do it that Tuesday. That Tuesday, that same week before Clash of the Castle. I don't know. I have no idea. That's what I'm thinking. They do a Worlds Collide that Tuesday and then that Saturday we get Clash of the Castle. It's going to be a big week for WWE that week. Big, big week. That's what I predict is going to happen. Solid show tonight. A couple of questionable endings. Not really all that good as far as the Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez ending. Um, the Mandy Rose ridiculous ending that looked like a DQ over Zoe Stark. JD McDonough and Braun Breaker looked good. Breaker, probably his most solid match yet as NXT champion. Tony D'Angelo looks great. Santos is on his way to the main roster. Giovanni Vinci is incredible. Carmelo Hayes is great. They got some They got some studs down there. It was a good show tonight. Not perfect. I enjoyed it. And hopefully you guys enjoyed my coverage of Heat Wave tonight here on the podcast. I appreciate you guys joining me, man. You kind of breathe a new life into me, man. I'm good to go. My, my allergies are killing me, but I'm good to go. We're going to get into the Super Chats right now. Hit that thumbs up. We need less than 100. Less than 100 likes for 750 likes. That is the minimum tonight on the podcast. Hit that subscribe button down below. Turn on the bell for all notifications. Get those Super Chats in. We're going to hang out at the end of the show now. And get those channel memberships in, man. New emotes coming in just a few weeks. You guys get the emotes that I got now, badges, now. Access to all that stuff in the VIP chats in the comment section. 50% off in the month of August, man. Normally, it's $4.99 to join. It's $2.49 now, so take advantage of that if you are thinking of becoming a channel member. And go check out all the other videos that you might have missed on the channel, man. Tons of content for you if you missed anything at all. Let's start at the top, man. We got one from Deshaun Peace. 499 Super Chat. You see Sasha's IG story. Unbelievable. People are weird. Whoever destroyed her back car window should be ashamed. No, I did not see this, this IG story. Sasha Banks had her 
Car window destroyed. Maybe she deleted it. I don't see it. I don't see it, man. Oh, Sasha Banks. Yeah. Yeah, and for all the people that said she had plastic surgery, man, she looks the same to me. Oh, she got plastic surgery. No, she didn't. Oh, yeah, look at that. Somebody destroyed the back window of her car, huh? That is crazy. Oh, he stole hair products in Oakland. <laughs> it happened in Oakland. Stole hair products from the back of her rental car, bro. Unbelievable. People are fucking weird, man. Who knows if he even knew that was Sasha Banks' car? I don't know. Joseph Taylor with a $2 Super Chat. NXT vs. NXT UK for a pay-per-view. Take my money. Joseph, this isn't black and gold, bro. This is not a take my money type of pay-per-view. Daniel with a $4.99 Super Chat. If Trips was in charge, say, five years ago, would AEW be a thing? Would the Elite be... New Japan Pro Wrestling Lifers. I do think AEW would still be a thing. I, I just don't think that they would even be on the level they are now. It would still be a thing, though. I'm not going to uh, write them off because Triple H is in charge. Triple H is in charge, you know, of WWE, and it's a good thing. Competition breeds better wrestling, and we benefit from it, man. I don't know how many times I got to explain this to you. I don't know why everybody wants one promotion. You want one to be better than the other. Why can't we like both? Why can't we see both thrive and both win? AEW is going to get started up regardless. Sidro with a $5 super chat. Hey, JD, back with another joke. What do you call a WWE wrestler who works at an ice cream shop Cold Stone Steve Austin. Now, Sidro, you should be a comedian, bro. You should be a comedian, bro. Hashtag, you are the tribal chief of the IWC. Thank you, Sidro. I appreciate you, man. For the love of pro wrestling, becomes a member for 19 months. Thank you, brother. Didn't watch the show tonight. Just watch OTS. OTS for life. Elevated Poetry with a 5 and a $2 Super Chat. It's my birthday. Cheers, JD and OTS fam. OTS for life. Elevated Poetry. Happy birthday, brother. Let me see those birthday cake emojis in the chat for my boy Elevated Poetry. Hollywood Guy with a $5 Super Chat. It was what Triple H creates and Vince kills. Now it's what Vince kills and Triple H resurrects. 
You gotta love it, man. You gotta love it. Tony Brown with a 199 Super Chat. Get well, IWC GOAT. Thank you, Tony Brown. I love you, brother. How about that booty meat on tonight's show, Tony Brown? Mandy Rose is enough booty meat to last you an entire fucking week, bro. Oh, my goodness. Breadman with a Canadian $2 Super Chat. Does Apollo lead Gallus? He had a vision last week. No. I could see Apollo feuding with Gallus. Elevated Poetry with a $5 Super Chat. Sorry about my first message. So old fashioned is deep. OTS for life. Is it Wednesday yet? Cheers, JD. You rock, bro. Bro, only two old fashions, man? Come on, man. On a good Thursday, if I'm feeling all right, I have about three. Joseph Taylor with a $2 super chat. I'm 5'8. Would that be too small for Vince? Yes. Because I'm 5'8. That is too small for Vince McMahon. Yes. Jeff Van Vranken becomes a new member. Jeff, cheers to you, brother. What are you drinking tonight, man? Thank you for joining the VIP club. Furious Nation with a $5 super chat. What's up, JD? What's up, Nation? Being 26 honestly feels good. Got a good cold beverage tonight, bro. Bro, everybody should relax in their evenings with a nice cold beverage, no matter what. No matter what, bro. I just found out that Guinness has non-alcoholic beer now. I am very curious to taste that and see what it tastes like. Jordan plays with a $5 super chat. Please tell me Santos, Electra, and the rest of Legato will be on the main roster together as an act. If Sophia Cromwell can be there, Electra can as well. Bro, Jordan, I I, I wish, bro. I, I, I hope that's the case, but it looks like just Santos by himself. I don't know. I don't know, man. Furious Nation with a 15 and a 20. Ooh, excuse me. That Chipotle I had earlier. It's catching up to me. 35 in Super Chat from Furious Nation. Thank you, brother. In my opinion, even though we didn't get any title changes tonight, I do think probably in early September before the draft, we might get Carmelo and Mandy drop their titles before they get called up. Mandy's got to drop that title soon, bro. She's had that title for almost a full year. A full year for Mandy and Carmelo. Carmelo's definitely dropping that title, but he's definitely going to be on the main roster. No doubt about it. Also, I agree with your take on Quincy Elliott. Not giving him a chance, honestly. And it does remind me a lot of Viscera Big Daddy V. Same guy who had bad matches with Kane, Undertaker, CM Punk, and The Boogeyman in 2007-2018. Bro, Quincy Elliott is just another fucking jobber that people are going to get crazy over because he's inclusive. Meanwhile, the guy probably is a fucking complete disaster in the middle of that run. If he's good, I'll let you know. But sooner or later, we'll be seeing him on NXT. 
chosen one and Eric Wells. You never had Chipotle? Oh my goodness, bro. What the fuck is wrong with you guys, man? You gotta get the chicken asado. It's my go-to now, man. Joey Bombshell with a $1 super chat. No message. Joey Bombshell with a $2 super chat. No message. Joey Bombshell becomes a new member. Joey Bombshell. Thank you, brother. There's a lot of people in this chat that have not had Chipotle, man. I I, I fear for your fucking well-beings. I have five people that I've seen in here never had Chipotle. Bro, the pollo asado is fucking delicious, man. Jesus Christ, guys. Go out and touch some grass, really. Cozy Cleveland. Well, they won 99 Super Chat. Do you think Roman should lose before Mania? It depends. Is Cody winning the Royal Rumble and getting Roman Reigns at WrestleMania? If that's the case, then no. But if that's not in the plan, then yes, he should lose before WrestleMania. Elevated Poetry with a five-dollar super chat. Haha, JD just finished this bottle of bourbon. OTS for life. I'm four old fashions deep and chilling, bro. Bro, you just said you had two before. So you must have had three in between the time, the third one in between the time of your last and then this one. The last super chat and then this one. Four old fashions, bro. Take it easy, man. The last time I had four old fashions, I was stumbling into a fucking cab. I didn't know where the fuck I was. Come on now. And Bushi Clementine with a $50 super chat from Bushi Clementine. Oh, my goodness. Whoever thinks multiple venues are terrible doesn't understand how business works. When there's not room for one venue for a talent to thrive, there isn't another. The territory days are coming back, and y'all better get used to it. Bushi, Bushi gets it. Bushi gets it, bro. Comment of the evening by Bushy Clementine. That was a fun stream, guys. I appreciate you all very much. We are about to get out of here, man. We're about to get out of here, and uh, I am going to uh, finish up for the evening and then get my rest. We got a big day tomorrow, man. It is happy Kenny Omega Day. It is Kenny Omega Day tomorrow, man. How many of you guys are excited for Kenny Omega Day tomorrow? Should be fun. Sidro with a $5 Super Chat question. Why did Kevin Nash cross the road? He didn't. He already tore his quad stepping off the curb. Jesus Christ, Sidro. Oh, my goodness. 
Anyway, guys, thank you for a great stream. Thank you for 136,000 subscribers. Follow me on social media at JD from NY206. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and Cameo. Go check out all the other content you might have missed on the channel. OTS 440, Monday Night Raw. Extra on why Gunther was about to be buried by Vince McMahon. Lots of stuff, man. Elevated poetry with a $10 super chat. Don't limit my old fashions. It's my birthday. LOL. Chill. With you tomorrow. OTS family. Omega tomorrow. Bro, make it a fifth one. Just take it easy. Anyway, guys. I'll see you tomorrow night. Live with Jesse. Dynamite. Trios tournament starts. CM Punk and John Moxley announced for All Out. Should be good. Let me see those guitar emojis in the chat. And let me hear that music on Max. I will see you guys tomorrow live from the beer garden with Jesse and his shitty tacos. And an ass kicking from both Thunder Rosa and Julia Hart tomorrow on Off the Script. I'll see you guys later.